sand through the hourglass. Today is the longest day of my life. Welcome back to the longest days of our lives, a 24 fan cast. I am one of your hosts, Jack Bauer superfan Mike Cushing. And I'm another one of your hosts, 24 newbie Curtis Perry. And I am your third and final host, Michael Howard. Fellas, welcome back. I want to talk to you about this trick-ass mark here. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to save this for the middle of the show, but yeah, let's let's open the show with Duncan on this little dweeb. Yeah, well, first of all, let's uh, say a prayer for uh, Sir, probably, Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Smartest man alive. Curtis just, Curtis just broke this news to us literally 30 seconds before we hit record. Yeah. Sorry, y'all. So, <laughs> 12 is apparently has a higher IQ than Albert Einstein. He also is a rat mustache, Hogwarts-looking little bastard. <laughs> Who barely and, barely can do basic geometry. Yeah. <laughs> he can only do pi to five decimals. Oh, God. Which I can do at least six. Yeah. Probably. Do better, Hufflepuff. Yeah. Right? yeah. Get um, after it. Yeah, and don't claim I you don't... have a higher IQ than Albert Einstein and Stephen Hawking until you actually do shit. All right, they did shit. Right, yeah, I I I know what pie is. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh, I took a test. Mm. Well, your name even sucks. No one's gonna. No one's gonna take the Casey test. God. Anyway, <laughs> tired of these little rat twelve year old bastards <laughs> stepping on the national stage. We have to beep that kid's name. That's not bullying. We just did. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, what about twenty four? The That's TV a show. show. It's a TV yeah. show. Well, welcome to the five o'clock hour. Uh, a lot went down last week. Um, we learned that uh, George Mason rolled up those sleeves and uh, took over the interrogation of Bob Warner and raised it on a year. Game theory success. He did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate Warner and Paul Coplin, having stumbled upon some hidden files in Bob Warner's computer, uh, were captured and interrogated by Syed Ali, the terrorist financier, who I want to talk about before we get into this episode. Um, the plane carrying Jack Bauer and Nina Myers was shot down. Uh, soldiers tried to track them down, but Jack did all sorts of good murder. And then Nina got the jump on him and has him under the gun, and she has requested immunity for her future murder of Jack Bauer. Also, um, Jack had a flair for the dramatic. Don't forget that. Jack shot a man in the chesticles with a flare gun, Mm -hmm. and he died horribly. Mm -hmm. Um, Kim Bauer uh, learns that she is going to be transferred back to (laughs) downtown L.A., uh, and President David Palmer Palmer agrees to Nina's request for immunity, and we open up. It's 5 p.m. So something we didn't cover last week when it came up. So we've talked a lot about Syed Ali being a financier, for terrorism. Mm-hmm. But then we learn last week that he is in the US mm-hmm. and getting his hands dirty with torturing people. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they kind of build him up to be like a boss, but like I feel like if you're a boss terrorist, that's not that's not where your where your job lies, you know? You're not, well, you're not where the nuke's going to blow right. up. But also like he just seems like kind of a money man. Like it feels like he shouldn't be here at all. Yeah. Um. Seems like he's overstepping his bounds. Like maybe he's making a play for a bigger role. Mm. Um. But let's also say this: it is our ten. He's not the boss, man. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I thought we were I mean, just going to be chasing Sadly for the next fourteen hours. I mean, I hate to say it, hate to break break the the show. We got 
time left on the clock. <laughs> you ruined it for me. I thought we were done in the next three episodes. Yeah. Are you saying we're season. not running out of time yet? We still have a couple times <laughs> to go. All right. Well, it's uh, we open up. It is 5.02 and we uh, start at the NROC where President David Palmer is addressing the press corps in response to Ron Wheland, the journalist who he illegally detained, who last episode announced that there was a imminent threat against the U.S. that David Palmer knew about. So David is addressing that threat uh, from a, quote, respected member of the press and uh, kind of brushes this off. He just kind of says, oh, yeah, there's a threat. We get dozens of threats a day. Of course, I always know more than I reveal. You elected me to withhold things <laughs> in the best interest of the country. <laughs> And I can assure you we have the situation under control and there's no reason for panic. Please take a drink for the word panic. Uh, I feel like he's making some good points. Like I do expect I don't expect my president to tell me every time there is a some some kind of terrorist threat. Right. Um, but it doesn't feel good to hear it. It doesn't make yeah, me feel I mean, comfortable. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But it honestly is like, hey, look, shit gets real around here or day. Uh, I ain't telling you shit, and you best be happy. I don't tell you all the shit I hear. <laughs> It'd make you crap your pants. All right, let me go deal with this now. The thing is that I didn't get was so he's surrounded by the White House press corps mm-hmm. after illegally detaining one of their number. None of them asked the question. Okay, well, if this was such a not a big deal, why the fuck did you arrest illegally arrest Ron Wheeland? Yeah, that's a good point. I I just assume he addressed that in the two minutes before we got there. Could be. Very true. It's possible the rest of the press corps fucking hates Ron Wheeling and doesn't care. (laughs) That's true. Can you take Ron back, though, just real quick? Um, So David uh, closes up the the speech, says, uh, I'm going to use the authority of my office to withhold uh, more information from the public for the time being while we work our way through this this, uh, plot. And then he turns away and he turns to Mike Novick and says... Well, that wasn't exactly the Gettysburg Address, but it should tide them over for now. Yeah, and it's he, like feeding the fish at the at the zoo or something. Also, by the way, it was probably the length of the Gettysburg Address, which was pretty short. Mm-hmm. Um, so he asks for an update on Jack's status, and Mike Novick replies that he's still being held hostage. Um, so we cut to a field near the down plane. Where, uh, like the end of last week, Nina is nestled into the cliff face with her uh, rifle trained on Jack, who is on his knees with his hands laced behind his head. And um, Nina, of course, cannot keep her damn mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. And and says the stupidest fucking thing. And Jack says the best possible <laughs> line in response to it. Yeah, I, I never meant for it to be personal, Jack. Mm, mm-hmm. Felt pretty personal when you killed my wife, Nina. Also, when you <laughs> fucked me. When you fucked me yeah. all those times while you were just lying. It's yeah, pretty you personal. You literally killed my wife, a bunch of my friends, and blew up my mm-hmm. office. Um, That's kind of fucking personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, um, oh, don't, don't forget that before uh, she killed his wife, uh, she also, the people she was working with, you know, kidnapped his daughter and were going to kill both of them. Right. Yeah. Multiple and Hart. Hart's wife. Hart, so. Yeah. so, so again, we see Nina show some emotion here when Jack says, uh, like Nina says, I had to kill Terry. She overheard something that compromised my escape route. And Jack says, well, you killed your friends too. 
And she just blows up. She just starts yelling, shut up, shut up. We are done talking. And as she yells and like clearly is distracted, we see a sniper moving through the hills uh, up to the right of Jack's position. And Jack, Jack sees, sees him it as well. As well. Yep. And what does Jack do? He gets an idea. A little, little, uh, little light bulb goes off over his Says head. Says he's not going to wait there. Because no. he figures he's, he's dead regardless. So he, he gets off his knees, takes his head, hands down, and begins to walk away. And Nina tells him to stay put and takes a couple steps out of cover. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. so you're telling me that, that someone who is a good enough agent to meticulously plan, um, you know, being in the, in, in the CIA slash uh, CTU for as long as she was, uh, doesn't understand cover? I think she did, but she was rattled. Jack She's rattled. rattled her. Come on, that's. I, I mean, again, she was just in a plane crash too. Like, and she was probably heavily concussed. And to be fair, she has been she has been rattled kind of this whole day. She keeps thinking that she's pulled one over on Jack, and he keeps getting the upper hand, and she's just trying to survive. So I think, I think she's just rattled big time. I I agree. And so Nina fires some warning shots to his left and attempt to scare him and Jack just kind of turns around and says uh, hey if you kill me before they verify the information you have you'll be in violation of your agreement and they'll slap your ass back in jail and Nina says and you'll be dead I'm already dead and just keeps backing mm-hmm. away slowly and as he keeps backing away Nina gives him a final warning she walks closer closer steps out behind some brush and what happens Snooper roof. Bang. Gets snooped. Shoots the gun out of her hands. Thought it, I, there's a moment because she has blood on her head from earlier from the plane crash. I thought he just shot her in the head, which seemed excessive. <laughs> um, but she goes down and CTU tack agents rush forward and subdue her. And Nina's down on the ground and she just stares up at Jack. And what does Jack do? I'll tell you. <laughs> Jack... Jack just has like the slowest like uh shit. What's his name? The all shucky ducky guy who ran for president, uh Godfather Pizza. What? Herman Cain. Herman Cain. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Jack just gives like the slowest, like Herman Cain kind of smile at her. Just the creepiest shit. Just like just so pleased with himself. <laughs> I forgot about the Herman Cain smile. Wait, what is Shucky oh, Ducky? So true. He Ducky was Ducky. He was on stage at a at a campaign rally, and she said, "Oh, shucky ducky now." <laughs> well, there was there was a a comedian back in the day, uh, and he may still be out there, uh, named Shucky Ducky. Uh, and the thing that he would do is like betwixt jokes, he would say Shucky Ducky quack quack. Um, he was on the comedy Def Comedy Jam a few times, uh, so that's where. Too old to be a duckling. The, quack quack. It's where the Shucky Ducky came from. Uh, now you know. <laughs> And what's have, knowing, gentlemen? <laughs> we have broken. Oh, God, that's that's half the battle. <sighs> that's right. Well, we got a tiny clock. Please take a drink. It is 5.04, and we are back at the Shearer's office where... And by the way, Patro- a tiny clock four minutes in is just a harbinger for tiny clock doom um, this, this episode. Yeah, we get... Hey, we get a couple. Um, if you're if you want to drink along at home, maybe just pre-drink by taking seven for the tiny clocks. Uh, there are 11. There, yeah, okay, we'll take 11. <laughs> or play along at home. Um, so Highway Patrolman Brown uh, is, for some reason, carrying <laughs> funny. two prisoners 
Kim and Miguel like by himself towards towards the transport SUV. Uh, these and- wait these these <laughs> these prisoners who are wanted in a capital murder case. Right. These aren't just like oh jaywalkers or something like. Right. In his defense, they are finally in handcuffs. True. Which is cool. True. Um, So Miguel is trying to, uh, or Kim tries to uh, persuade him once again that there is a bomb in L.A. and they shouldn't go back. He says, yeah, yeah, whatever. And Miguel responds, forget about us. You want to get blown to pieces? (laughs) Um, Yeah, this whole thing with Miguel is just really funny. Particularly how it, well, not how it ends. I feel a little bad about it. But so Brown... Brown walks them both towards the car, and Miguel tries to, like, wall run up the mm-hmm. side of the SUV, and Brown drops him on the ground like a little turd. Mm-hmm. Um, but something falls out of Miguel's pocket, which he palms uh, before Brown picks him back up and throws him in the SUV. And we cut back to the Enrock, where Mike Novick receives a phone call informing them that the standoff is over, Jack is safe, Nina's custody, and not seriously hurt, just as Palmer requested. So this scene David, made me he's growing on me, man. This made me like David Palmer so much. He did it. This he, was this was some this was some, remember when they um when after uh, Bin Laden got got mm-hmm. everybody reminded people that like Obama knew about that shit like the whole day and was doing like all these all at, these like press things like you just at the White Horse Correspondence Dinner <laughs> cracking <laughs> jokes like a stone cold motherfucker. Just an ice cold motherfucker just mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's right. I'm bad. Dave is like, you think you're going to hurt my friend? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. And, no. and the best part when Mike is like, well, where do you want her? And David just, he puts a little growl in the voice, a little gravel, mm-hmm. but no, no real emotion. He doesn't raise it. He just says, Los Angeles. Yeah. She like says, fucking perfect. Says, we'll agree to the pardon. Put her back in LA. <laughs> and in the meantime, so she shares the danger of everyone she's endangered. Mm-hmm. And uh, we cut back to the little gully where Jack is coordinating uh, with CTU where to meet a chopper. He sees Nina walking, being held under guard. And he walks over and whispers something inaudibly into Nina's ear for like six seconds. I was trying to gauge her reaction. Her reaction looked like uh, someone had shoved a ghost down her throat, pulled it out of her butt, and then the ghost like killed her kid in front of her. Yeah, I mean, all I, could, all I could think is like he like went there and just said, "I'm gonna make guitar strings out of your inside." <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I think mine was less gross somehow. <laughs> I'm gonna butter your bread. Uh, no, yeah, he's already buttered that particular loaf. Um, but yeah, she looks haunted mm-hmm. by what he tells her, and he walks away. And uh, we hear a chopper circling the distance, and he follows a CTU tech agent through the uh, ravine. And then he stops because he sees something on the ground. And what does he see? That tattoo, the the snake tattoo on the on one of the uh, the soldiers um, that he dropped. Yeah, yeah. He sees mm-hmm. a coiled snake, uh, which turns out to be a coral snake. Which red will touch yellow, kill a fellow. Damn right. But also, red on black, friend of Jack. Oh, friend of Jack. there you go. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man. So close to being good guys. So close. 
like one one dumb tattoo artist away from just being. <laughs> All right, well, I guess we're here to kill you, Jack. Wait, 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 wait. You got Hold that on. tattoo. Ah. That tattoo right there. Ah, oh, beans. <laughs> well, <laughs> technicality. That's a, 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 a milk snake. We're good. <laughs> we're, he's my he's my buddy. I killed my, I killed my buddy. Damn y'all, rats. <laughs> well, we get another tiny clock. Please take it. Take a drink. It is five oh seven. We are now at Warner Enterprises, where Race and Ayer, uh, who had recently become a turncoat on his father-in-law, or soon-to-be father-in-law, Bob Warner. Um, he arrives with two CTU agents, Agent Richards, who was previously guarding the uh, Warner household, and a uh, woman named Agent Maccabee. Okay. So says Amazon. Um, <laughs> quick, quick question, y'all. Yeah. I'm sorry. A little aside. Was Is it me, or was the exterior of Warner Enterprises mysteriously similar to the exterior of Ted Koppel's office? Very from season one. Was it also <laughs> the like same? There's only one building in LA. Was it also the same as the doctor, Doctor Ferragamo's office? Yep. <laughs> they it all work in much, the same building. Very much like the fact that, like the model home in Arrested yeah. Development, was also uh, Saddam Hussein's model home <laughs> in Iraq. It's very convenient. Um, so, I definitely thought that something was going to happen to Agent Richards when he was second in command uh, to Tony. I was like, oh, he's a CTU agent. He's he's not the main dude. He's definitely going to die. Uh, I feel like this is all going to end poorly. There's no main characters in this office. Yeah, which is never a good sign. But, like, he does... He he acquits himself he, well. He does. Yeah, I mean, he has... Well, once he had maybe one of the dopest lines <laughs> I've heard so far in this show, so I, knew, I knew he was in trouble. Yeah, you knew he could... <laughs> yeah, you knew something like, that bright couldn't couldn't shine forever. Well, cause, yeah, because, like, you know, as, as an actor, like, hey... Nothing gold can say. Get, I mean, you're going to get a few, but look look at this line, bro. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I can make that... Like, he was definitely more offer. menacing than anything to, to this point Jack Bauer yeah. has said. Uh... It, not including whatever he whispered to me, yeah, well, but, which is yes. probably an outlier. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, Richards walks Reza over to a computer terminal and throws him down and says, we're here to find transactions that you say Bob Warner had with Syed Ali. Sooner you do that, sooner we can get out of here. And he handcuffs Reza to the desk and says, no, 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 I'll be walking through the computer system. You just tell me what to do. And Reza's a little flustered, which Richards ain't having. Um, and Reza tries to say... My fiance just left me on my wedding day because I'm sending her father to jail. And since he's my employer, I think my life is pretty much in the toilet. So why don't you cut me some slack? And Curtis, you want to drop Richard's line on me? Please, Curtis, take this one. (laughs) There's a nuke in this city. And if you don't get me something useful in the next hour, I'll take you back to CTU and chain you to the roof. So you have a front row seat when the damn thing goes off. Fuck, that was good. God. Yeah. Guys, I really think we undersold Agent Richards when he was just standing in front of the door mm-hmm. at yeah. the Warner household. They oh, man, they, they didn't use about that life though. They did not. Well, talents. he does more work. Um Reza stares him down for like a second <laughs> and then we cut to presumably 18 Starling Court, the address that um uh we got from Nina uh where Sidely is holed up. And we see Mosen, uh, the man who was previously torturing Paul Coplin with a, an angle grinder. <clears throat> uh, he is washing blood off of his hands. And we see Kate Warner sitting with her hands tied behind her back. And she's sitting on a bucket as Syed Ali, wearing all black, looking uh, very refined, enters the room. 
to say that he's pretty sure they just need to go ahead and kill Kate, uh, who is worthless. He says this in Arabic, so she can't hear. Um, but she can hear. Mm-hmm. Whoopsie doodles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mosin kind of. says, I'd just like to make sure that Kate knows nothing, which mm. uh, should just be very evident. Yeah, I feel like he just, her. I feel like he just has like torture blue balls now. Yeah, because he just he shot, shot that torture Paul. game, and he he he's like, I was told I could torture two people. Yeah, <laughs> you can't you can't take one this away. This is my from contract. Me. This is in my contract. So gonna need I'm, I'm to gonna go ahead. torture. Just need to do it. And Syed agrees and says, "Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you just kill him big time or her, no matter whatever. Torture that. Uh, I just need to go pray one more time mm-hmm. before I nuke the city." Uh, so they hug it out, and then Mosin glances at Paul's bloody corpse, which is covered in plastic in the bathtub, and he looks at Kate and says, do you want to suffer like he did? And she which says, she, yeah, that looked really fun. Grind my shit I, up, bitch. Yeah. Oh, please. I want to get on that grind. <laughs> <laughs> please, sir. Grind it Bad, up close to me, Grind baby. time. Yeah. <laughs> Kate can't get enough. Um, <laughs> so we cut back. Oh, actually, no, no, we don't cut back. We don't cut anywhere. We cut to Mosin's face. <laughs> uh, and he says, what did you learn on your father's computer files? And she just is kind of stuttering, just still very disoriented from seeing Paul tortured and then shot in front of her. And he says, I already told you I don't know anything, which Mosin does not love hearing. Mm. And he walks over to a wooden case, opens it up, and we see an exacto knife collection. And yeah. he holds one aloft over his head like he just pulled the master sword out of the fucking stone in Zelda. Uh, and we cut to commercial at 5.09. I don't feel good mm. about Kate's chances. Uh, I mean, no. No, no, yeah. it doesn't look good. Yeah, he got, he got the whole kit. Yeah, I know. He's yeah. really prepared, ready to go. Like, if you so, have uh, multiple exacto knives in different like orientations, I I don't want to know you. <laughs> That's just me. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, what do you use those for, bro? Um, making poster board, arts and arts and crafts. Yeah, no, son. scrap, nah, scrapbooking. Don't, don't think so. Well, this is my <laughs> this is my poster board. Well, sometimes one. I make uh, little sarcophaguses out of uh, paper mache. So it's very fine, detailed yeah. work. Uh, so we come back from commercial. It's 514. At the NROC, we see Mike Novick hand David Palmer a phone. And it is Jack Bauer who is on a helicopter. And he informs them that the soldiers who shot down his plane were American. Mm. Or at least mm-hmm. American trained. And members of the Coral Snake Brigade, an American-led special ops team, led by Colonel Ron Samuels out of Fort Benning. They each have the tattoo of a coral snake coiled around their left wrist, and Jack only knows about it because they tried to recruit him early in his career. And uh, David says, well, why haven't I heard about this? And Jack says, you wouldn't have heard of it, sir. They're buried deeply in NSA's budget. Yeah. Hey, real quick, um, to if anybody from our government listens to this um if you're going to build uh, a super secret special ops group 
don't give them all one <laughs> defining mark to have. That's very easy to see. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my entire life. But you know, maybe they all do you. Maybe they all took it upon themselves <laughs> to get the coral snake, and they're like, guys, you couldn't even pick something that wasn't the name of the group. It couldn't have just been like a fucking scorpion or like a battleship or some shit. They all wear MAGA hats, just <laughs> wandering around in the desert. If I had called you the poop patrol, would you have gotten pictures of poop? Like, <laughs> they all <laughs> smear themselves with feces before every battle. But you know, like, see, the, do you, like. It just doesn't make any sense. Like you literally can go like like if you're like trying to infiltrate a group, it's like show me your arm. Oh, you smart motherfucker! You're gonna see the snake, aren't you? <laughs> Again, like this is a black ops operation. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. it's like they are clandestine, probably doing like spy work. Also, <laughs> they're always they're why, never sleeveless though. Why do you and your friend and your other friend also have the same? Michael, the, the tattoo is like. Two inches up on their wrist. Right, they all wear <laughs> right. they all wear the Allen Iverson uh, sleeve, like when you play basketball. Gotta hey man, it's one hundred and fifteen degrees out here. You want to roll those <laughs> sleeveys up? No. Also, yeah. you and your friend and your friend, you guys hot or what do you want? You want like a milk? I have or? an I have an allergy to um, sunlight, so I have to wear this. You're I'm wearing like, shorts though, my dude. <laughs> yeah, but it's only need to see. it's only on my wrists. I need to see that wrist. Though. <laughs> Go on, go on, show it to me. Can't, can't do it. Those alleys, they acting up. Uh, I mean, uh, so to be fair, the most, the most asinine thing about the James Bond series in total, like, is the fact that he just uses his own name constantly. Word. It's one thing. Like, I, I get it. You know, these the super devices that Q creates. You know what? The future could happen. But you, why the fuck would you use your own name everywhere? That's dumb. It, to be fair, in one of the movies, it does get him in trouble because I think like China's like, oh yeah, you're James Bond the spy. We're gonna put you in jail mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. Yep. Do you think? He just but then he tells... continues to use his name. I would say, yeah. you think he just tell? I mean, he just tells people that's his name. But I assume like his passports, his his like multiple passports don't all say James Bond, right? No, they do. Jesus Christ, they do. And it, and we found out by the way in one movie that because like we saw his like parents' ancestral home, like that's his actual fucking name. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, no, no, he's that's bad. Hey, my name is Spy McInfiltrate. Can you let me into your club here? Damn it, we found the plot hole in James Bond. Shit. Oh well. Sorry, y'all. I'll, I, I'm just that's the same thing as this. Hey, I'm gonna need to everybody just show me your arms real fast. Yeah. Well, fuck, guys, they found it out. They figured it out. Should we see God, the tattoos? Time to, well, time yeah, to go home. get the tattoos. Still, I mean, come on, that's what we time do. Time to go Denmark. home. <laughs> I like um, I like the detail they added though of them trying to recruit Jack, which it kind of gives you that sense that uh, these guys are fucking badasses. If like right. a guy like Jack Bauer was their prime recruit, but also Jack turned them well, down. right. So they're they're not as good as Jack, right? But they know. Which also, where did Jack go? Because he just mowed down four of them in the last episode. Um, he went to the No Tat Brigade. No. <laughs> a much better brigade <laughs> you clowns um and may, i think it also might play into like jack did things by the book which i maybe these guys are dirty dealing which david brings up here uh in response to mike he says well even if the nsa funds them isn't it possible that they're freelancing as mercenaries and uh, jack says if it was just the tattoos i could agree with that sir but um they had access to our flight information which means that someone on the intel was on the inside was supplying them with intel and I know it seems far-fetched, but we were attacked by Americans. That tattoo is very distinctive and very specific. Um, so Palmer asks where Jack is, and he says that we are on the way to 18 Starling Court, <sighs> the address that Nina gave them. We're going to be landing in 15 minutes. 
and David asks to remain informed as more information becomes available. So one thing I want to talk about real quick right here, the NSA connection. Obviously, David mm-hmm. and Roger Stanton and uh, Eric Rayburn from previous uh, episodes, uh, mm-hmm. not seeing eye to eye with the NSA is David Palmer. Yeah, but like I, I honestly don't understand the NSA's play here. Unless, like, the NSA can't be leading this. It has to be someone else, right? Right. Like, what is the play to have a nuclear bomb go off? I don't know if the play is to have the bomb go off, but essentially what's happening, don't forget that also someone released Ron Whelan from custody, Mm -hmm. right, to go tell people. So it's to maybe have them distrust the president. That's And that's kind of what... um, you know, so Sherry at the end of last episode encouraged David to go out and tell the truth, um, which I think anyone who knows David is knows he's predictable enough to probably get to that by himself. And we are dealing with this like cabal from season one still. Mm. Um, and I, I think that David is predictable because he's a good man. Mm-hmm. So I think there's probably some element of like David was going to go out and lie to the American people for the first time by quote unquote telling the truth. Um, so I think David, to your point, I think the plan is to trust in the American system to make sure the bomb doesn't go off, but David still looks like a fool. Mm. Yep. Also, side note, um, if I ever win the Powerball, um, we're going to form a cabal. I'm going to be part of a cabal. It'd be great. Is it going to be shadowy? Well, it's funny. Oh, absolutely. Come on, man. I want, I want, I want, I want our cabal to be like named in people's, like in tinfoil hat theories about what's happening like all over the world. It's the good buddy cabal. Well, Curtis, it's funny you mentioned that because right before you jumped on the hangout, Michael mentioned that when he wins uh, a whole bunch of money, uh, Mm -hmm. we're going to form a shadowy cabal called Entertainment 720 and just do podcast nonstop. Mm -hmm. It's the best kind of shadowy cabal. We're also going to treat our sales. It's going to be a very bright, sunshiny cabal. (laughs) Mimosas? Massages? Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Good. All right. Well, we got a tiny clock. It is 516. Please take a drink. And uh, we cut back to CTU where Michelle Dessler informs George Mason that Jack is about to arrive at Lee's house and asks if he wants a live feed patched into him. And George, given how like gung ho he was last episode, mm. is just kind of like, nah, you got it under control. I'm fine. Yeah. I, it's a little know, weird. He, he did his final thing, which was getting Bob and Ray's to talk or one of them to talk. And he's like, all right, now, now I can go. Did his job, man. He did the job. He did it. Um, and Michelle asks if uh, he starts coughing, and Michelle walks in and asks if she, there's anything she could do, and just is very evidently sad. And George Xander Berkeley plays this scene very well, by the way, uh, as always. But he kind of just looks at her and says, "Michelle, what are you gonna do if the bomb doesn't go off? You thought about it? Probably gonna come back to work here. You happy in this job?" Yeah, and it's kind of sad. He tells a story which is as unbelievable as it is sad. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't believe it at all. But at the end of it, I saw some some real kind of peacemaking and some 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 goodness and maybe a resolution for old G Mace. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't. He didn't say what kind of teacher, but he did say he he wanted to be a teacher. Before he came to the uh-huh. FBI, uh, the FBI offered him five thousand more dollars. I mean DOD. Oh, sorry, yeah, DOD. He says, him- "You know why I didn't?" And go ahead. Yeah, the DOD offered him five thousand dollars more. 
And so he didn't become a teacher. Uh, I'm a, it's not, it doesn't I'm, have the career I'm gonna call path. bullshit, right? Though, like, what kind of what teacher? If, 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 as an agent working within the Department of Defense, if you're only making five G's more than a teacher, quit. <laughs> Just no, no, it's not worth it to put your well, life but, in the but line. But this was a long time ago. Um, I mean, we, we don't, he's probably been there, it's probably 20, 25 years ago. The thing is, also, I'm so like devastatingly curious what his college major was where his two <laughs> career paths were DOD agent kindergarten teacher well maybe it was criminal justice kindergarten. Maybe it was criminal yeah, justice criminology or something and like then that he or... was going to teach like I don't know American history in high school or some shit maybe what, what kind of teacher could you see George Mason as Honest, I mean, like an like English a, teacher, like just making fun of people for like the Canterbury Tales. My, my AP, yeah, I, I think my AP history teachers perfectly with Gmail. Yeah, so you guys nailed. Um, I said English or or history. It had to be yeah, one of yeah. those two, right? Yeah. Absolutely. What kind of teacher is most likely to embezzle funds into a private Cayman's account? English, mm. AP English. Yeah, I, definitely. I think is, that's where I'm at. Yeah. yeah, AP lit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. He kind of smiles at Michelle as she says uh, that she's sorry again. And he's like, you know, I'm not a big advice giver, but don't wait around for your life to happen. Find something that makes you happy. And he puts his arm around her and he says the rest is just background noise. And he walks her out of his office. And then he so puts maybe his he would have been a guidance on. counselor. Maybe a guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what I said. What I wrote is, guys, at, in the end, G. Mace did become a teacher. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh wow. Mama. <gasps> Yeah, right. Blew my yeah. mind. Boom. He taught Michelle something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, she learned. She learned, mm-hmm. as we see later. Yeah, yeah. She takes that lesson to heart. He puts his glasses on, stares at a lamp for some reason, <laughs> and then just huffs out a big old puff of air. And, and then he became an old high school English teacher. Yes, right, right there. there. Yeah. That was, he, was more, he, he threw a cloak on and a houndstooth hat and just kind of. <laughs> um, so we cut to the Enrock, and David Palmer invites Roger Stanton, the head of the NSA, into a conference room. And it's about to go down. Before Stanton can say, like, hello, <laughs> what does David ask him about? The, the coral snake, man. Or the, I guess, Who's sorry, yeah, he. he <laughs> Says, hey, everything hey, you know. Hey, hey, Roger. No, 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 no. Who Samuel's yeah. is, man? I want to know. Who, <laughs> this your man's? Who is your boy, Colonel Samuels? He's not Colonel Sanders. I don't have no chicken in my mouth. Who the fuck is Colonel Samuels? Tell me. All I got is snakes. About your boy, C. Sam. I, got, I want to know him. I got snakes, no chicken. <laughs> What's up? Colonel Samuels. Kentucky Fried Snakes. <laughs> um, And Roger says... Nah, fam, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> and David says, well, how can NSA be funding a group that you don't know about? Oh, uh, yeah. Then Roger gives him some shit about people moving budgets around and claiming different things on budgets. He's like, oh, maybe it's the, I don't know. You remember what department he said. Maybe so it's NASA. This, I don't so know. So he says the thing, and it's just, like, David says this is absurd, which is my thought. Yeah. But, so... Um, it happens his, all the time. Mr. His response President. is, my guess is the Pentagon funded them through discretionary funding and attached the NSA's name for budgetary purposes. My guess. Happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and like, 
is like the Department of Energy just allowed to be like, oh yeah, we built this off the off books nuclear reactor and charged it to like HUD. Yeah. Like, is no that fine? Like, I don't think you're just allowed to just like, oh, they did it, but I did I did I get the, the stuff. Yeah. And not everyone would it's yeah, it's so dumb. Yeah. So sure, David's let, sorry, go ahead, Chris. Let, hold on. let me give you guys this scene. Um for for those of our folks who know more about, you know, a quality show like The Wire. Let me give you that scene. In the wire. Yo, who's your boy C, Sam? <laughs> I don't know that dude. Nah, I see this dude out here making moves, man. Making moves on me. I would never. There'd never be a dude making moves on you, sir. That's, that's you know, that's not going to happen. Mm, I heard you paying him. Me? Nah, I ain't paying that dude. The other dude across the street, them boys on the west side, they're probably paying him. So now these west side dudes are just paying dudes who you know? That's not how I heard about it. <laughs> You never know. It could be going down. Okay. Okay. I'll look into it. I'll be back at you, fam. And scene. And yet you can't remember one single goddamn line from this show. <laughs> you just wrote you just wrote 24 wire crossover fanfic. <laughs> Pretty good at it. I, I do love the wire. So <laughs> Do you just actually want to take the reins of this episode? Yeah. Just, just, just <laughs> recreate it? Recreate no, it like not, it's The Wire? Not, no. It, the Wire only works with regards to uh, the black folks on the show. So when, when we have another Sherry scene, I'll give you The Wire. <laughs> oh, we're going to get some fucking <laughs> I, I, Sherry I, this I know episode. We are. I okay, know we are. I, gotta, actually, I got it ready for you. We're going to hit the gas pedal. So David says, well, that's absurd because NSA is only there to gather info and has no military mandate, which, sure, okay, whatever. Sure. Okay. Uh, Santa says, well, maybe Coral Snake is just someone's pet project funded on the sly mm-hmm. uh and david says seem pretty sure of that one <laughs> to which mm-hmm. roger says well, i'm just conjecturing from vast experience and have no concrete info which all i could hear when he said that was the uh the, the pizza commercial being like i'm just a small town <laughs> pizza lawyer <laughs> I, I don't know nothing i don't know <laughs> nothing about things and uh he says I promise to look into it. And let's take a drink because David's voice is so emphatic. And he just says, you do that. <laughs> and Roger leaves, yeah. walks out past Sherry and Mike, who kind of give both give him the side eye. And I do not think Roger Stanton is going to have a fun time for the rest of this season. No. no he de- he definitely French fried when he should have pizza on this situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's not going to have a fun time. Nope. He definitely committed treason where he should have pizza. <laughs> um, so Palmer then invites Mike and Sherry in to speak with him, and he informs them both that Coral Snake was involved in the attack on Jack and Nina. Mike can't believe it, and David lays out the entire conspiracy of the Coral Snakes and Ron Samuels, and he says, I'm going to arrest Roger Stanton. Mm-hmm. It's time. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, go get it, DP. <laughs> but so Mike, Mike is like, yeah, no, you're totally right. You should definitely do that. And Balls to the wall. Yeah, Sherry jumps in and she makes some salient points. Salient. Yeah, you points. can't arrest. You shouldn't arrest the. Yeah, head you of the can't NSA. just do that. Like you um, have, need to have real evidence. She says it's very thin. Yeah, it's very yeah. thin, and she's making some good points, but also a little too earnestly. You know what I'm saying? Well, she's always she's always about protecting David from himself, or possibly. Right. 
But uh, like David reminds her that this is all like Roger's like this involvement is after the ambassador's chopper crash, which mm-hmm. must have taken inside uh, help. The military evacuation of L.A. against his wishes, which had to be directed by the NSA and Ron Wyland's Wyland or Wheeland Wheeland Wheeland's <laughs> escape from custody. So it starts but, to get a little less thin. Mm. So here's here's the all thing, though, and I think I think. I think the Sherry's point and my point would be to, you know, the, the NSA as it is was only truly avowed by the U.S. government like, what, 10 years ago? Maybe locking the head of it up is going to do you one no fucking good and end up in, I don't know, either you your administration being shit or you dead. Mm. I really Who's head NSA right now? Do you know? I sure as fuck don't. Uh, that's actually the only head of an agency that I don't know right now because they're all getting <laughs> fired or quitting. Um, so yeah, it's a I little have no odd. Idea. Yeah. What What does that tell you? <laughs> I want to fire this. No. I assume no. that whoever the head of the NSA is right Not now fine. is a racist and probably like head of a toilet paper conglomerate. Would be my assumption. I just I just don't think so. I think when it's in it, when it's up to the NSA, they just they essentially decide who gets fired or you know. Like, you're fired. No. Okay. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> nah. What was that? Hey, what was that? hey, you're fired. Do you want me to show you a tape that I have? Mm. Um, it's under it's under the letter P. Is that good? <laughs> no? We're okay? Okay, walk the fuck back. Have fun. Yeah, so uh, let's see. The The current head of the NSA is uh, Admiral Michael S. Rogers. Um, he, is, he serves as director of the National Security Agency and U.S. Cyber Command and has since 2014. Great. Whoa. So guess what? Love that I don't know that guy's fucking that, name. That dude might be a little bit untouchable because, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, yeah, so he's untouchable because, hey, you know what? <laughs> Chip always got the P-tape. I know yeah, all that know, shit. He knows all the shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Sherry warns Palmer against arresting Roger Stanton since he's running the search for the bomb. And Mike Novick makes a very good point by saying, well, if David's right, he's not running the search for the bomb. He's impeding it. And we have a better chance of finding the bomb if you get rid of him. Um, And Sherry continues to push this. You can't do this on a hunch. If you're right or wrong, you'll be blamed either way. You need evidence first. And uh, David orders Mike to find a connection between Stanton and the Coral Snakes. And find it quickly. And David kind of looks very glum as he stares away from Sherry, who is looking at him. I feel um, like that's how I would feel all the time as president. I'd be like... Glum? Yeah, I'd be like, I have all this power. And I'd be like, go arrest that person. Like, we can't just arrest people. I'd be like, okay, shoot him with a drone. It's like, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't like him. I don't like his face or the way he talks. I want drones to shoot missiles up What's his butt. What's the point of being president if I can't shoot missiles up the butts of the people I don't like? It seems like it's actually better to just be a Powerball winner. Because mm. I could buy a drone and fly it myself and shoot missiles up all the butts I all, want. All the butts. Until mm. someone comes along to take my toys so away. Many, mm. So many butt drones. Eh, you know. So we get a tiny clock. It is 521. Please take a drink. And, uh, 520. W- fuck. <laughs> yep. Yeah, homie, we got we got a ways to go. We're going to we're going to power through, though. Um, So we just see uh, Officer Brown transporting Kim and Miguel to Los Angeles. uh, And he radios someone uh, to talk about the situation. Radio someone named Bill Gukoff, which is fun. Um, Anyway, Brown asks Gukoff, who made up that name in the writer's room? 
God, yeah. Jesus. So he asks if he's heard anything about a bomb threat in LA because someone whose father works for CTU said there was a threat to the city on an open radio. Mm-hmm. All of that. Um, mm-hmm. and you can actually just tune into the police scanner if you want to. Yeah. So that's all. While that's happening, Miguel has pulled a lighter out of his pocket, which he palmed when uh, he tried to uh, flip kick over uh, Brown's <laughs> SUV. And uh, he tells Kim to reach in and pull the bandana out of his pocket and light it on fire so Brown will pull over. Yeah, and, Kim, uh, um, she doesn't quite get the plan, I think. So, yeah, rather than just, like, lighting a fire, Kim lights, gets the bandana lit, shoves it into the <laughs> divider between the front and the back somehow. On the and seats? It, yeah, and, like, it... Brown freaks out and drives off of the road, and we see the SUV driving down a cliff into a ravine, and we cut to commercial and come Mm. back. It is 528. You'll never believe this, but Kim is the only one who's not seriously injured. So this, I actually don't know how Kim got out the fucking car. Right. Yeah. She's just crawling over Just on it. Because um, her window, so the car lands on its right side. She was in the left side of the car. Um, her window is intact. The front driver's window is broken. The back of the car, like the, the back window is broken, but there were bars there, so she couldn't get there. I don't know how Kim escaped this vehicle, but we see her running around the SUV, and she climbs up on top of it and starts to crawl into the driver's window so she can get the keys from uh, Officer Brown. And we see a very bloody Miguel trapped in the back. And um, she climbs in, gets the keys, uncuffs herself. And then what does she do? She calls them people. She calls the police. She calls the police on the radio to tell them that. Which is, I mean, it's a nice thing. She did almost and possibly kill the officer. So she calls in that he's down and they need ambulances. And... Then doesn't even bother to help Miguel get out of the car, which I don't understand. I have a feeling. So she climbs back out, and we get a tiny clock at five thirty. Please take a drink. Another she, one. Oh god. Another one. So she jumps in the back seat, and she kind of just like rests herself against Miguel, mm-hmm. who has not moved since the car rolled over. Yeah, he seems to be. He seems to be paralyzed. I think. This some spinal issues going on with Miguel. One, assumes. which I guess might happen if you have your hands tied behind your back as your car flips, and you get all torqued to boot mm-hmm. uh, the back of a car. Again, somehow Kim escaped that fate. Um, pretty upset uh, about it. Um, I came to a real sad realization in this episode, guys. Uh, I think I know what it is. We're going to get to it in a minute. Yep. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But yeah. So yeah, we ahead. cut to 18 Starling Court, where Mosin is asking Kate again who she told about the uh, the files, and he pushes, and again, it's been, at this point, 20 minutes since he started threatening Kate with the X-Acto knife, and he makes his first, I'm going to say incision, as he pushes the knife against her earlobe, and she continues to maintain complete ignorance of Bob's files, and just in general. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. then we cut outside, and we see a fucking dope old school tablet with an infrared satellite read of the house showing two heat signatures 
And an agent named Robert zooms in and tells Jack, who's standing next to him, that we assume one is Syed Ali. And Jack is on the phone, tells George what's going on, and that they are going to storm the house, and they need auxiliary teams ready to be, uh, they need auxiliary teams to be ready in the event of an evacuation. Sorry. <laughs> um, so Jack radios someone named Baker to give the go-ahead once they're ready, and we cut to Warner Enterprises. Also, Baker says, Baker says, Baker out at the end. Baker out. <laughs> Which Pretty no good. one else in the show has answered ever, a call like that. Has ever logged is, off a radio call, period. I mean, Baker also, out. It's, this is Daniel Daycam, right? Mm. Yeah. It is Why Daniel Daycam. It is Daniel. Why is his name Baker? <laughs> <laughs> so, we cut to War Enterprises. Yeah. Sometimes the show goes out of its way to be inclusive. We're just like, I looked it up. Is Tom Baker? Come on, man. <laughs> He's allowed to be Agent Kim. Like that's fine. Um, so we cut to Warner Enterprises, where Reza is telling uh, Richards how often Bob logged into the system, and we hear voices being raised outside of the room they're working in, and uh, Reza is still accessing the records for evidence of wrongdoing. And who is at the door? Well, it's Marie, but why did the CTU agent outside the door let Marie even close to the door without tasing the shit out of her? Because they're fiancés and they're in love. And well, hey, you're man. literally... So much love. You're on a timeline to get this bomb. We don't have time for this shit. You have literally one job. Yeah. Um, Keep somehow, everyone out of this office. And then Richards yep. lets her in, and Marie runs over to Reza, jumps in his lap, and says... I didn't mean what I said before. It was just shock. I love you. You're the man I'm going to marry. Whatever happens, happens. And Richard Richards tells her to pound sand and get the fuck out of the room. And uh, you can wait outside if you want. And Maccabee closes the door. And Richard just stares at Reza, who is kind of smiling. And, uh, hey, Michael, take a drink because we got a tiny clock. It is 532. So, yo, I need you to see this. So I wrote this um, at at the moment that uh, Marie got in there. Uh, I got the rest of the notes here. Um, but up here it says, uh, 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 raise the dead. Marie go kill some folks. Um, why this bitch here? You know, she, uh, she told him she hated him a little bit, you know, and that, you know, you, you got my dad arrested and all of a sudden you just show up and say, I love you so much. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm not, I am not buying it. Uh, mm-hmm. but guess we're going to go from there. Um, so we are back at 18 Starling court where Mosin is holding a bloody rag to Kate's ear to staunch the bleeding and says, that's eh, not nearly as bad as it feels. And we see three <laughs> CTU tactical agents sweeping into the house. Jack is in the lead for some reason with his pistol <laughs> drawn. And as Jack is kind of wandering down a hallway, he hears Kate telling Mosin that I don't need to kill you. Uh, I can just leave, or sorry, Kate is telling Mosin that he does not need to kill her. He can just leave her here and be a hundred miles away before anyone finds her, which would also be true if he killed her. So that's fine. Um, but so Jack hears that, holsters his pistol, and pulls a shotgun off of his back <laughs> and nods. I love that. He's nods, like, Fuck this gun. Mm-hmm. Nods at Agent Baker to come forward. And Mosin says, Something terrible is about to happen, Kate. I, he finally believes her that she knows nothing, which we all know. Um, but uh, he tells Kate that she should be grateful for her lack of suffering. Then he walks behind her and points an Uzi at her head, which seems like a bit much. 
Seems like yeah. too much given his <laughs> knife collection. Um, and as he points the gun at her and it prepares to fire, what happens? Well, he hears he hears the guys outside. He hears a CQ agent on yep. the roof make a sound and looks up and sees the silhouette of an agent. And he turns and starts firing automatic weapons through the wall. And Jack tackles Baker to the ground and tells everyone to fall back. Um, and then motion ignites that Uzi game. Starts just shooting randomly. Yep. Yeah. So Jack calls. He tells he tells Baker to call for the shield. Yep. The shield. Uh, yep. And then Baker calls it something on the phone, and I couldn't quite catch what he called it. I didn't hear that either, but so most of weird. A, it sounded like he said like oh, I forget what it, what I wrote down. Oh, I didn't write it down. It was something that sounded really weird and I didn't get it. Yeah, I'm not sure what it was, but Mosin puts a gun to Kate's head and says, They're gonna negotiate because they need me alive, not you. Mm-hmm. And outside we hear Jack say, I'll take him out with a beanbag hit. <laughs> that beanbag game. <laughs> hey, so Jack is the only guy that can go into an Uzi fight with a beanbag gun and uh and, yeah, and win and that so, one. This is not a confirmed kill for Jack, but we're going to drink for it because so they rush into the room. Uh, a, a CTU tech agent with the body shield leads the way, um, takes a round, a volley of Uzi fire. And Jack like leaps out from behind it. And like as he's moving, pointed over his shoulder, like cross body tags Mosin in the face with a beanbag round. That had to hurt uh, so bad. So, it's so good. Very though. bad. Yeah. The only line I pictured was uh, Denzel Washington training day saying, I'm surgical with this bitch, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's surgical <laughs> as shit. Um, yeah. So, so it, but then they uh, they go to to secure Mosin and uh, he's foaming at the mouth because he, he ate a cyanide tablet or in his tooth mm-hmm. or whatever. So, do we think that he had it in his mouth and when Jack shot him in the face with a beanbag, he accidentally bit on it? He he like cracked he cracked the fake tooth with the yeah. beanbag round. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. Oops. I think I think that probably happened. Mm-hmm. So Jack pulls Kate out of the room and then sees this, and we hear a very clear, very emphatic, damn it! Please take a drink. <laughs> and he says, I want photographs and fingerprints for analysis and confirmation that this is Syed Ali. And uh, Jack orders him to send all those to CTU. And, but Kate uh, was in the room right then, wasn't she? And she well, could have said, like, that wasn't Syed Ali. She, she was, was quite fucked up, though. She was like, fucked up you, from come torture, seeing a murder, and hearing a shotgun like beanbag whiz past her face. Get over yeah, it, I'm, man. I'm, I'm going to give, by the way, I'm going to give a fucking Lifetime Achievement Award to the makeup artist in this scene. Her eyes were fucking sunken. She was broken mm. looking in this scene. She was done. She so was definitely job, in the sunken place, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we cut to commercial. We come back. It is 539. Uh, we see Kim waiting in the back of the SUV, the turned over SUV with Miguel, who one, has still not moved, and two, tells Kim that she needs to go. And uh, she says, thank you so much for everything. I'll find you when all of this is over. And we hear sirens approaching, and she books it out into the hilly wilderness of God Southern California <laughs> as paramedics and highway patrolmen run to the overturned SUV as Kim watches with teary eyes and then retreats into the barren wilderness. What are you, where, angry, what are you Curtis, angry about, Curtis? Curtis, what lives in the wilderness? Cougars, God damn it! I'm... Cougars. Cougars. All I, wanted, all I wanted to believe is that maybe towards the final season of 24... They would allow a cougar to kill K 
Cam Bauer. <laughs> but now I know in my heart that Cam will best the mighty mountain lion. And that makes me sad. You don't know in what form. Either way, the puma's going down. And it shouldn't be that way. Because Kim is the easiest prey. When we get there, you're going to be so upset (laughs) by how easy of prey she actually is. But for now, Curtis, we get a tiny clock. It is... 540, please take a drink. Guys, and, this, uh, is, this is the middle of three tiny clocks in five minutes, by the way. Yes. Uh, so, again, hold I on to I feel like your, they just found out about this the part of the game. drinking game. Well, again, like, so I think in season three, Kiefer Sutherland has learned about the drinking game. <laughs> because this is, I think, earlier was the third damn it of the season. Yeah. We get three in the first episode, I think, of season three. Like Jack, like Kiefer knows about the game eventually. So he's like Kobe Smolders on uh, "How I Met Your Mother." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just decided to fuck people for an entire yeah. season of TV. And actually, That's yeah, great. in season five, I believe there are only tiny clocks. <laughs> it's literally nonstop. It's just <laughs> it's Tony saying, "It's just Tony saying, yeah, Jack killing someone, and then a tiny clock. That's <laughs> and then, it. And then, damn it, tiny clock." Damn it! Open a, open a socket! Damn it! And then he and the entire time he's pointing a gun at someone. <laughs> and David Palmer Perfect. only speaks above the key of C. He's actually singing. Yeah. So we have the tiny clock. We get a profile view of Kate Warner, who is sitting on an Adirondack chair, surrounded by CTU agents, as she holds a now clean cloth to the horrible, horrible cut on her ear, which. It's not that bad. Um, and Jack approaches Kate with a glass of water and then drapes his jacket over her, which is very nice. Um, and he introduces himself and asks how she got there. And she drops the whole ding-dang stupid story on her uh, about how she hired a private investigator to help her sister Marie and informs Jack that Syed Ali left before he arrived, um, which takes Jack by surprise. And she describes him as tall and thin. Um, Which is apparently yeah. enough for Jack. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so is that dude I just I just shot in the face with a beanbag. Yeah, so right. What she got? Yeah, she didn't uh, say like, "Hey, he looks like my dad," but Middle Eastern, like that would yeah. be perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah, that actually would have been great. <laughs> uh, so, and he, she also mentions that he's wearing black, uh, black shirt and pants, and he has silver buttons down his shirt. Uh, so he puts it out at APB. And he asks Kate who her sister is, and she just says she was supposed to get married today. <laughs> and we cut to a private room in the NROC where David tells Sherry to share something with Mike and uh, to share something that she has learned with Mike. And she tells Mike about a defunct back-channel CIA communications network called Opcon that has been inactive for 20 years but was recently reactivated by a classified order at the behest of Roger Stanton. And Stand doing them things. I don't know what any of this means. Like, yeah. is this like an IRC chat among CIA people? Like, is this a <laughs> I, I chat think it was room? Just like a Slack like, channel that, like, yeah, it was like a private Slack group that, guys, like, or like guys, back channel, like, guys, just dropped it. Was carrier okay, it's 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 at least mm, kind of yeah, you know. the WhatsApp that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, can't fair. be tracked by the NSA. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she hands Mike a dossier, who which he flips through and says, "This is not enough to indict Stanton." Um, and so Palmer orders them both to look into whether Stanton used Opcom to contact Colonel Samuels. And S- Sherry says her source is checking on that now. And 
I notice this here, and it's something that seems to happen pretty consistently, where two characters who share opposing views of each other consistently flip-flop on their positions. Like, one scene ago, Mike was like, oh, yeah, fuck this dude, burn him <laughs> to the ground. And Sherry's like, we better slow this roll. And now Sherry's like, I got this motherfucker dead to rights, nail him to the wall. And Mike's like, ah, I don't know, it's pretty thin. I think, guys... Go ahead, Michael. I'll say I think they just spent too much time on the debate team. Just take the opposite angle, whatever the other guy is. <laughs> it's know? fair. Got to do it. Just got to win that I, argument. It doesn't matter what it is. This this scene to me was so weird. Like I I I've made clear I think on this podcast and others that uh, how much I love uh, former first lady Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if Michelle Obama had had been in a meeting with her husband and and his chief of staff. And had been able to to provide the level of intelligence mm-hmm. that Sherry Palmer provides in the scene. Brock would have been like, "Who the fuck are you talking to?" Right? Like, who is your source? <laughs> I'm the goddamn who, president. Who, who are your people? Sweet Jesus! Why do you have this kind of fucking knowledge? I right, know again, about like, aliens. <laughs> yeah, and like again, Sherry's been out the game mm-hmm. for eighteen months, <laughs> theoretically, at least a year. Like, she didn't go to the White House with him. Right. So, like, Sherry's been out of, hopefully... She's been out of his game. But the thing is, like, who was going to talk to her? Like, she was the, you know, soon-to-be, like, wife of the soon-to-be president, which gave her clout. Well, but if... But let's say there was, uh, you know, there was someone trying to get trying to get underneath David in the government, right? Who better... Like, Patty? hey yo. Who better, though, to use as an ally in that than the woman that he just basically kicked out of the White House? So what you're saying is, is that Melania Trump is the most dangerous woman in the world right now. Maybe she's the Manchurian candidate is all I'm saying. Fuck. Damn. All right. Well, David tells Mike to call the the attorney general to work on the legal side of this so they can move immediately when they need to. And we get another tiny clock. It is 544. Please take a drink. And at Starling Court, Jack walks alone into the bathroom where techs are cleaning up, and he tells them to run checks on the on the corpse for Paul Coplin, a name that he got from uh, Kate outside. And then he calls Tony to let him know the identity of his informant, Kate Warner, mm-hmm. which surprises mm-hmm. Tony. It's all Warner. starting to come together, guys. Some dots are being connected, y'all. We got Bob and Warner. He it's tells happening. Jack that we have the whole Warner family at CTU picked up a few hours ago because of a connection between Reza and Syed Ali. And later he tells Jack that Bob also freelances for the CIA. Mm-hmm. And which, Jack's, Jack's putting it together now. He's like, all right, Kate Warner, Bob Warner, CIA, Coral Snakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's almost there. Samuels. He needs, one more, he needs a couple more dots. See, Sam? So... Uh, Tony asks if Kate is willing to talk since no one else is cooperating and Jack says she needs time and then when when he learns that Bob is working for the CAA he just says okay someone's fucking with us you need to go back to the beginning and like really like put all these pictures on a wall get some red yarn connect those dots <laughs> smoke some cigarettes figure this out um, mm-hmm. and he ends the call and then he looks at the text and says uh, y'all better leave the room uh, I need this to myself. And then he asked Baker to bring Kate back to the bathroom as soon as she, as soon as he thinks she's ready. Yes. She, he, he kind of gives that look like, oh, what, what are you doing, Jack? 
Like, what are you going to do? Probably emotional torment. Yeah, I feel like he's going to emotionally torture the shit out of her. Yeah, which, whatever. (laughs) I don't like Kate. Um, I'm going to go to my laughing place. (laughs) That's all Jack wants to do. (laughs) He's going to get back there eventually. Uh, So we get our... Final? Nope, not final. Mm-hmm. We get another tiny clock. We get we have two more after this one. Folks. I know. Uh, it is uh, 5.45. Please take a drink. At the end rock, both Sherry and David are on the phone individually chasing down leads. David hangs up as Mike walks in and tells him that he has located a means into the Opcon network. And Mike says he can get in. Which we'll tunnel in. <laughs> but yeah, but he needs a passcode, which Sherry overhears. And she just so happens to be on the phone with a contact. And says she has the still active code of a retired deputy director of Opcom. Who are your people, woman? Also, who, are why the like, no, who do you know? Why does the former deputy director still have an active code? That seems like the first yeah, thing you should get rid of. Really, really poor security in Garden. Who these folks, go. though? Mm-hmm. And so she writes down, hands a code to Mike. Who says, I'm going to go to the OC and access the date, dates which uh, Roger Stanton's passcode was used so they can be cross-referenced. And David is kind of looking on in admiration as Sherry informs him that there is a specific subcode that will nail Stanton to the wall. And, How does she uh, know all of the four-digit subcode that you can, you can identify as Stanton? So this, yeah. is, this is what I wrote. This is what I wrote. First it was, wait, how does Sherry get all this shit? What the fuck? And then, how does Sherry know all this shit? I still don't trust her ass. I call her Shady Palmer because she's not telling the truth. Oh, shit. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, take that, Sherry. So in, in last week's episode, David mm-hmm. David looked at Sherry and said, I don't know if you are telling the truth or if you've just gotten better at lying. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. And this week he says, I'd forgotten how talented you are at this stuff, as he thanks her for her assistance. And Sherry says, I've worked with you for 25 years. You had to rub off on me somehow. Which I don't. No, but he I don't trust fucking, her. He was a fucking senator. It doesn't make you an expert at clandestine operations, okay? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. You don't, like, learn how to, how to maneuver within the NSA just because your husband is a senator. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But sure, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. you did it. I'd forgotten how much of Turner and Hooch is just the dog flying through the fucking air. <laughs> Hooch. I'm. Oh, you know what I'm most impressed about about all of this stuff is that Kush always seems to nail the movie. He does. Like I don't. I don't know it. I don't. He. He knows. He knows Tom Hanks' filmography like frontwards and backwards. I'm a, a man, fucking a fan. So he's I'm a, a fan of the you know damn I'm man. Starting, um, I'm starting to believe Kush uh, because he seems to be a, a Tom Hanks scholar, if you will. But it's just, is it is that his love of Thomaston Hankelford has made him need to criticize him? No, it's, I think he it just knows. Me, it makes me a connoisseur <laughs> of the man. I want him to be better than his... Role choice. And Curtis, I, mean, I know you're hungry. I know you're a little drunk. I don't want you to yell at me for 15 minutes again because I, gonna, I don't have time. time to cut it from this week's episode. <laughs> but well, shit, man. Like, we're not going to get into it, but Turner Hooch is a rad ass film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a long time. I need to see that one again. If yeah. you are if you are a fan of, of a good buddy, Hooch is the mm-hmm. ultimate good buddy. Mm-hmm. He's a good Everybody wants buddy. a Hooch. 
in real life. He's a good buddy. That's, a, that's the best buddy. So Curtis, I, I will would say, like my dog to be a, to be a hooch, to be like, nah, son, you ain't you ain't gonna do that to my man like that. Curtis, I don't I don't know if you have a timer set on like in your notes because like almost every single episode. <laughs> When I say it's now 545 or something in the 40s, I see you on the hangout, duck your shoulder <laughs> to the side and reveal your TV. It's possible I make moves as I want to. No, you definitely or do. As I, because or as I need to. Your TV is always hidden until like the <laughs> 40s. And then you t- you just shimmy a wee bit to, to your right and I, I, you, I, your TV is unveiled. Sometimes you got to make moves in life. I appreciate it. Well, you know, as as David rubs off on Sherry, he puts a hand on her shoulder, which she reaches up and grabs. And mm. he says, I'm glad you're here. And she says, I've always been here. You remember that? Mm. Which sounds foreboding mm-hmm. as fuck. Yes. And David walks away and then just pulls her hands off her shoulder to her face. And she just kind of looks very pleased. And we cut to commercial. We come back, it is 5.52, and at CTU, Michelle Dessler hangs up a phone call from the Warner office indicating that Raysa is cooperating, and um, Tony just sits down on the desk and says, none of this makes any fucking sense to me that a white red family from Pasadena has any connection to Syed Ali. There's nothing in his profile or behavior to indicate he had dealing with terrorists, talking about Bob Warner and Raysa. And uh, Michelle just says, well, there's a paper trail uh, leading to both uh, the Warners and Kate's abduction. And he says, why don't you go deeper? Why didn't the search to managers and directors That's of the Warner company? Ha, she's about to. And then ask if there, <laughs> and then he asks if there's anything else going on because she seems mm-hmm. a little distracted. And Michelle tells him about her conversation with George. And what does she say? She tells him that um, maybe if this bomb doesn't go off, you know, maybe they can go get some dinner, drink, get a drink on, date date, you know. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. likes and what else? him. Uh-huh. What else she want though? That Duke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that and Tony. Tony that says little soul patch dick. Tony <laughs> says I feel the same way you do, mm-hmm. but I've been keeping my distance. Which is good, because he's her superior. He's her superior officer, and that, also she asks... He, he, is it because you've been burned before? By yeah. That bitch? <laughs> by Nainers? Yeah. Not by them herpes. Yeah. By that terrorist. And she's like, you think I'd want you just for your information? And my only thought was... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of totally. course. Yeah. You're, you're yeah, the mole. So, by the way, guys, so now the official name of my dick is that information because <laughs> um, I mean it just, just makes sense because that's what that's what she meant this was so. actually I mean I, I'm not gonna lie this was actually kind of a little cute scene it was you know because she, she, she made that joke and then he actually took it as a joke whereas I would have been like fuck you bitch <laughs> like, how dare you like yeah I like I loved this woman and she just completely blew me off what the hell and then killed like a lot of my friends today, <laughs> today actually, well. yeah, like, and then, <laughs> yeah. And sorry, go on, girl. No, no, it's fine. It's, it's just, it's, it's incredible. It's like, yeah, no, it's you, you do get my last office relationship ended, the worst one. Yeah, the the, the, mm-hmm. the way you like, don't even consider it actually ending. That's how it went. Mm-hmm. Um, Piss poorly. That I I fuck I fucked somebody who was fucking my boss. 
who happened to be a fucking traitor. Yeah, and then she so and then she killed his his pregnant wife. And then so, and then she blew up all my friends. Trust mm-hmm. trust issues. Yeah, so real bad. Um, um, so Tony just kind of laughs and says, so if we save LA from a nuclear bomb, you and I, uh, get together for dinner and a movie. And then she just kind of laughs and he walks away and she's like, I'll, I'll get that list for you. <laughs> and then like, he walks away and she just like kind of stares him down, which I don't, I could not, I honestly could not read if she wanted to just fuck his balls off yeah. or she was a mole. So yeah, and wanted the, to fuck his balls it's, off. It's, 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 it's a bit of both. Um, the music <laughs> tried to skew you. It, they always do. Oh yeah. man! It, I, also, I love how how the, the next scene in this in this episode um, proves that no one at CTU knows how to do their job. Mm-hmm. Yes, very true. Whatsoever. So um, go ahead, go, go ahead, Cushion, and, and and get to where we reveal a fact that may have been the first thing you told me. <laughs> Just happens to fucking see. Especially when Tony says, none of this makes any sense. Why would they have a connection? Oh. Maybe oh, that. that one? Oh, we, we they live in Saudi Arabia. No. Huh. Oh, oh, Beans. Huh. Damn it. Weird. Like, you mean where all of the, like, <laughs> like seven of the terrorists in 9-11 came from? I honestly don't Weird. Mean. I was just like, how would they love tacos? Oh, they lived in Mexico for a little while? Well, son of a bitch. Oh, somebody oh, should have. Bummer. Huh, we didn't check them back more than six hours into their lives, yeah, huh? What did they look into? Weird. No, brought the did, orders. Not, did we forget to call the CIA about him? <laughs> um, yeah, so we got another tiny clock. It is well, 5.54. Roger Stanton, the, the NSA wasn't doing their job because Roger Stanton was too busy, like, building <laughs> black channel networks to undermine the president, apparently. Right. So we get another tiny clock, 5.54. Please take a drink. And right around this time... We get like some like upbeat like spy shit movie going on, uh, music going on, and Jack uh, is asking Kate about the conversation that she overheard between Sidelli and Mosin, and she just says, "Well, they looked at me like I wasn't important anymore." Which, yeah, I get it. Um, and she says they were speaking in Arabic, and Jack says, "Oh, how do you know that?" She says, "Well, we used to live in Saudi Arabia, and uh, I learned it." And then I picked back up on it once Marie got engaged to Raisa. And even though I'm rusty, I heard the word prayer. Yeah, she heard one word. Like, if I was kidnapped and I knew the language that they were speaking and they didn't know that I knew the language that they were speaking, I would have been listening extra hard. Yeah. Like, she if was a in bunch, shock. Like, a bunch of Hispanic people that spoke Spanish were trying to kill me, I might be paying attention to what they'd be saying. And they were just I, like, I'm going to go to the library. I'm like, oh, I got you, motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> Everybody pulls that one out. <laughs> but like, I don't even need to if understand what If you're going to the discotheque or the library, I've got you dead to rights, you bitch. But the thing is, like, they don't. she doesn't even need to know what they were saying. She could have just said any Arabic words that they had said back to Jack, and then he could have gotten them checked out. And the one she got one out of the entire time she was there. Prayer. Prayer. Which they said repeatedly. Mm -hmm. And Jack hears that, checks his watch, and then immediately radios to CTU requesting a list of every mosque within a 15-mile radius. And Jack Jack puts this together. He says, they were talking about prayer right before Ali left. The time fits. And Kate just looks at him and is like, did I help? (laughs) Yeah, she kind of looks like a, a puppy dog. She's broken still. Yeah, yeah and she's real broken. She is broken, and Jack just says, 
Yes, Kate, I think you did. And I got to tell you, the normal protocol right now would be to transfer you back to CTU for further debriefing. But the truth is that no one else knows what Syed Ali looks like except for you. And I need you to identify him. And he asked her to come with them because she's the only one who can do this. This is so bad, though, because for one, she's clearly broken. For two, she's Kate. just a random white girl. Three, she's Kate. Like, what are the chances that she can tell Middle Eastern people apart? I I would hazard <laughs> a guess that if the man who sicked a torturer on you like had stared you in the face and woke you up like even though she was drugged and beaten Mm -hmm. i i think that face would probably be in your memory and again hey michael he looks exactly like her dad which she doesn't even realize though it's a thing (laughs) that's what i'm saying she doesn't know what this guy looks like if she doesn't say the first thing like he looked like my dad that's that's fair um okay so we get another tiny clock of last of the episode do. last drink coming <laughs> take a drink it is 556 and we cut back to the end rock where we see roger stanton standing in a hallway getting a briefing from two aides as his phone rings he answers and hears it's me and he excuses himself from his aides and walks to a secluded spot down the hallway and uh what do we hear sherry Sherry Palmer. Fucking. Want to go back to the wire? Palmer. Guys? Yes. Yes, please. Okay. Here we go. What's up? Hey. They know about you and that thing. How'd they find out? Oh, I told them, baby. (laughs) Oh. Okay. So what do I do now? Well, they gonna get you. You go into that place, but we all right. Just, just stay cool. It's okay. Oh, oh. You okay, but I'm going to be okay. You all right. I got it. I need to be right here. This is what I do. Don't worry about it. Okay. I guess you, you fine then. I'll just do my part. Yes. As we discussed, don't get flip at the mouth. I got it. Okay. Okay, I have like a couple thoughts because first of all, that is like one to one what fucking happens on this conversation. (laughs) Two, Curtis, you can't remember a fucking thing that happens in this episode. Why can you remember that? I remember, but I just haven't written them down word for word. (laughs) Well, seriously, but two, you literally said like that was the wire is apparently just twenty four. What the fuck? It's twenty. It's just Roger. If Roger Stanton was also black, yeah. So for the listener at home who didn't connect the dots, Sherry just says go. that she sold out Roger Stanton because he was going to find out anyway. David was going to find out anything anyway, and Stanton's not too happy about it. And he asks, "What do I do next?" She says, "Well, he's going to connect you to the plane crash and have you arrested." And she says, "Stay the course, Roger." And I promise you everything, sorry, I promise you you'll have everything you've ever wanted once the incident is over. But the important thing is, you don't talk about me. Mm-hmm. It is more than more important keep, than ever that I stay in place. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your name at that mouth. Yeah, um, so, um, what is her deal? Yeah. How does she uh, have this much power over the head of the NSA? What's her deal? She's working with them people. She's working with them people. I want to know what her end goal is. Yes. And I honestly do forget this because 
it could be a number of things. It could be that she's angling to get back into David's good graces and like earn her seat at the table by selling out everyone who's in a conspiracy around him. Or she's so salted up by the fact that he divorced her and kicked her out of the government that she is willing to take him down and potentially nuke L.A. to get back. I think it's the second one. She knows that she thinks he's probably promised that L.A. wouldn't be nuked, but she could be a backroom player at the end of the day. Take down that cocky son of a bitch who thinks he didn't need you, but we need you for our new president, Roger Stanton. (laughs) It's an NSA coup. So, I mean, to me, NSA coup, but, you know, like the party coup, right? They decided we, whoever, you know, as long as he believes in our ideals, I don't really care who's in charge. So, need this dude. To me, though, and I, I, I don't know which avenue makes this happen quicker or better. Sherry's endgame has always seemed to be making sure that David knows that he needs her. And I don't know if if her creating and then giving him the tools to unravel a conspiracy does that better or her taking him fucking down. So that's true. She may be playing Roger Stanton with the point of getting back in David's good graces. Right. Which would be the the triple double cross, which I got to respect that if that's yeah. what she's doing. She's shooting her shot for sure. Do we think that she's working with that cabal like from season one that she's kind of tapped into it, which why would they trust her? But what do we think? I think so. Um, because, well, she's the one who probably set everything up for David in the first place. And now she got replaced or not really replaced, but, you know, removed. So she knows where the power really lies. And Here's another question. Does Sherry just want to systematically kill the entire Bauer family? And that's it. She missed her shot at Kim last season because David wouldn't let her blow her up. And then she took her shot at Jack with a missile. Mm. And also, quick question, y'all. Have we ever met the vice president? Not yet. So that that's one of my things. I'm like, I've never seen the VP. So I don't know if I knew who that was. I may know better. I forget. Where we're... we're where we're moving. I you forget that it might be Powers Booth. I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome name, by the way. Yeah. Powers, Powers Booth. Fuck. Rest in power. Powers. Fuck. Um, I know he's in the show. I don't think he was VP, but uh, the VP does show up I'm, moving I'm forward. The abilities, James. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Sherry does all that shit and then hangs up and, oh, Boise, I, 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 I'm mad at Sherry already, but... This is where the conspiracy music kind of like bumping in the background mm-hmm. picks up. And we cut back to Raysa and Agent Richards sitting at the desk at uh, Warner Enterprises. And some of the most buck wild shit ever happens in this episode or this uh, scene. Um, so they're going through more files and uh, Raysa seems frustrated. And then all of a sudden he stumbles upon one file and he says he's found a shipping transaction authorized in January and Richard says, okay, why does that matter? And Ray says, well, Bob and I were both overseas in Europe. And uh, we didn't have access to our computers. And Ray says that he left his laptop here in the States. Um, so this all happens. And then we cut to the screen. And I'm sure you guys noticed all this, but I want to call out a couple things. I'm going to start with one. <laughs> So this global shipping company mm-hmm. had 12 transactions between July and February. That's number one. 
12. <laughs> they only ship Done. big shit. Yep. Real big shit. <laughs> big shit. <laughs> the real big shit. The highlighted transaction that calls Race's attention was to the Syed group. Hmm. Just literally memo line it's terrorism, good, once again. It's a good name. Get to it. Please say it. The kicker, when Reza says, it's impossible to log into the system from overseas, so we must have been hacked, and it didn't happen here, so someone must have hacked into the system. And he sees one file created by an unknown user, and the file name is Trojan Horse Passwords. <laughs> yeah, it fucking is. <laughs> Passwords with a Z. And then he clicks on the file, with which comes up with a, a uh, info dialog box, which just says, Trojan horse, winky face emoticon. <laughs> and somehow this file is not the one that starts deleting everything from the no. system. Oh, God. Oh, it's wait. So- it just says Trojan horse.exe. Uh, I'm gonna double click on that bad boy. Oh god! I like I like horses. I like horses. <laughs> uh, it, so then what? <laughs> then what happened? Well, uh, I, I, I mean, can we talk about? No, can you guys no, imagine so if hackers <laughs> just were like, "This is a bad one." Wink. Like that were that was just the name of their files. That's like, like yeah, that's almost worse than the Jurassic Park. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Newman. If I found out, click, click this honeypot, Grandma. <laughs> yeah, if I found out anybody on my team clicked an exe file <laughs> called Trojan Horse, <laughs> Trojan Horse passwords. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, how fast do you want to clear your shit out? <laughs> what are you doing? Did you bring your own box, or did you? Ah, I guess I don't. Trojan whores. Trojan whores. I get it was 2002, but still, man. Like, really? The best part is the winky face emoticon. Just like <laughs> we'll click, have to click, click here, big boy. Wink. We need to put a picture of this thing up on the. It's on the so blog. Fucking good. Oh, so ridiculous. Uh, I thought it was for condoms. Fuck you, man. <laughs> so, Reza continues digging into the, the file, which by which I mean he opens this dialogue box mm-hmm, up, mm-hmm. and then he realizes that his laptop uh, had been used to authorize his transaction. Mm-hmm. And Richard says, well, who else had access? And Reza says, well, nobody. Except... Except... And guys, who else had access to the system? I told, I told y'all. Hold y'all. What do we don't? What do we hear? I wrote it. So right, I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show the boys right after it says here. And you kind of get the Warners lived in Saudi Arabia. I also wrote on it. Uh oh, Maria's defo a terrorist. (laughs) 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 Well, we hear a silenced gunshot, and then we see a puff of blood shoot out of Richard's heart as he falls back. And Reza stands up, panicked, somehow not cuffed to the desk, no mo. And mm-hmm. he confronts a very blonde, ponytailed Marie Warner, who walks in with a silenced pistol pointed at him. And she says, I didn't expect you to find anything. I underestimated you. And Reza looks shell shocked. And we cut to a split screen where Kim Bauer is sprinting through the woods, Jack Bauer is leading Kate Warner to an SUV. And the Palmers are making kissy eyes at each other while Roger Stanton quietly waits in the hallway. 
And then we zoom back to Reza, who asks Marie, have the last two years just been an act? I just meant nothing to you, huh? I don't understand. Say something, Marie. And what does what does Marie say? I didn't write it. I'll tell you. <laughs> Fuck Marie, you, fam. <laughs> Marie sheds a single tear, which much I don't like know the it, American Indian in uh, the Native American in, <laughs> in the commercial about littering. Yes. <laughs> so she sheds a shingle tear and says, "I said you're very sweet." And then what does she do? Mm. I I think she killed him. I think she, she shoots him. him right in the heart, and then she gasps a little bit yeah. and like cocks her head to the side and like almost confusedly is staring at his body on the ground as she holds back more tears and just looks at him dead. And we cut to black at five fifty nine fifty nine. Yeah, that's definitely like God damn it. sociopathic shit going on right there. There is her, right? some sort of conditioning going on in Marie's head, I think. Yeah, gentlemen. Have any of you ever seen the cinematic masterpiece uh, called The Faculty? Oh, yeah. yes. From 1998. You see, She's I alien. don't trust this bitch from day one because she an alien, y'all. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. <laughs> and this is where signs. 24 and she X-Files... She tried to kill Elijah Wood, y'all. And the girl from Fast and the Furious. That's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's probably aliens. This is the 24X Files crossover here. It should be, I mean, if we're following Indiana Jones rules, it is season four that introduces aliens. So, <laughs> you know, we're not there yet, Curtis. But uh, okay. I'll take it. I wrote, I wrote that Curtis called this shit too. So, Curtis, I'm very proud of you. Like, no, no joke. You called this like five episodes ago, and I think you like had to leave the hangout for a moment. And Michael and I just stared at each other. Yeah, we were like, like, uh, "Oh shit, he got it." <laughs> so, so there's something I wrote here in my notes, and it makes me both sad about myself and the show. I said, um, "Both 24 and this man apparently." Are very anti-white woman. We just don't trust them. Uh I mean, because they do all the all the murdering and anti-woman overall. Because now Sherry's also you know doing them things. It's like, wow, I never trust a white girl in this show. That's not good. Well, I mean, we had talked previously about um, how the show sh- treats Sherry specifically as this like source of evil, mm-hmm. and I don't like it. <laughs> Particularly because it sets David up as his paragon of virtue, and he is a moron. (laughs) Um, And, like, Jack is just... Jack is a force of murder and, like, violence, but he's all, like... At times, he's somehow restrained. Like, he definitely is, like, capable of horrible, horrible things, but, like, he's the show's, like, somehow moral center, which is crazy. (laughs) He, uh... Yeah, he... You can tell he's holding a lot back. Like... He wants to. He wants to do so much more jacking. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no jacking. He doesn't want to do often off into camper. Yeah, he he. uh, (laughs) We're only getting about like like twenty five to thirty percent jacking right now. And I think later in this season, if I recall correctly, Jack is gonna go off the rails Mm -hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe lose that moral fortitude he has currently, but you never go full uh, Jack. 
Sometimes you're forced to go full Jack <laughs> against your will. Um, but yeah, okay, so Curtis, obviously a couple big things happened here. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently we're going to get Kate Warner going undercover into a mosque, which should be a real a real murderous real row of yeah. uh, treats. Um, I think the biggest thing is Kim Bauer is now sprinting through the woods. And uh, hey, friend, that sun going down. <laughs> You, when the come to you, never, you never guess who comes out at night. Day, daylight's fading. Mm-hmm. Wildlife creeping. Um, Going to Cougar Town. How far away from the from the mountain lion do you think you are? Do you hope you are? <laughs> I hope. I hope I'm like ten episodes away. I know I'm one. I know I might be the next episode is going to be mountain lion happy. Uh, the night cat cometh for sure. <laughs> Like, I don't. I I can't picture Kim not just literally looking at the mountain lion from a distance and going towards it. I so. want to. Well, here's the thing. Can you? I want you to, because you've been very good at predicting things in the show, sure, as we've yes. clearly seen. You yeah. know, you you called Marie a long time ago. I want you to imagine the scene in which Kim confronts a wild. <laughs> wild forest cat i want you to concoct it and lay it out for me and just tell like let's see how close you are oh god damn it so she's in the woods you can pretend like it's the wire if you want yeah (laughs) but so so the smart kid uh in the wire would pick up a stick right something a, a weapon of some sort to try to fight the mountain lion right maybe if you're face to face with it, if it's gonna get you anyway, we might as well go ahead and get a weapon. Well, I want, like, I want you to, Curtis, walk me through how she even stumbles upon this. Like, are you envisioning she picks up a a mountain lion kitten? I mean, <laughs> how does she how does she find herself in this in this position? That's the stupidest way, and that's probably the Kim way. Um, she's probably, I mean, knowing Kim, she might spot actual mountain lion tracks. Or proof of said mountain lion, and then follow that, because yep, fuck it, uh, and and then she may see the mountain lion, and want to ride it, uh, and approach it, thinking it's a it's a kitty, just a friendly kitty. She doesn't know any better. Um, she dropped. She did drop out of school. Just, that's for I sure. Just, I just. Uh, I well, just, Curtis, what, whatever I can't you wait. think, whatever you think happens during it's, and after the cougar it's, scene, it's. Dumber. It's so much better than <laughs> like, you think. Like, 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 I always think about and and you know, you know, uh, big ups to my boy Michael B. Jordan. He's great now. What he does, you know. But but Wallace came back from the wire uh, unarmed and came back into the lion's den. Essentially, I picture Kim not trying to find a weapon whatsoever and just approaching said said cougar unarmed. And at some point, she balls up her bare fists and thinks she can do something. Um. And doesn't realize it's futile until she's being attacked. So she uses her privileged white girl banishment spell. I just, I just, which, oh, by the way, is still gonna, my favorite episode title of this show. She, she's gonna <laughs> yell at the cougar. She's gonna yell at it. I, I know it. She's gonna bang. She's gonna bang two to sticks it. together like Haley Mills driving off uh, lions. Hey, um, hey, Curtis, whatever you think, yeah. it's gonna be worse. <laughs> <laughs> like I, that one I can. Guarantee you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, All right, y'all. Oh, she's gonna start a fire, isn't she, with actual food to to attract the. 
she she goes to checkers. She finds out her <laughs> she finds out what Cougar's favorite food is, and then she just drapes herself in it. Yep. Kind of like Walking Dead. Um, all right, y'all. Well, that'll do it for us this week on Longest Days of Our Lives. Um, if you like this show, you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. Uh, I'll drop a blog post with some of the fantastical uh, Trojan horse screenshots and some more information from this show. Um, and you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. You can also find out more about our sister show, Trends in Low Places, which Michael and I, and occasionally Curtis, uh, do uh, every week, usually Tuesdays or Wednesdays. We talk about dumb internet stories and just the dumb shit that goes on in our lives. Uh, It's a good time. If you like the show, you'll almost certainly like that same brand of humor. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, we read every single email we get. We like to read those messages on air. You can reach us Sometimes it takes all minutes. All minutes. All minutes in the day. All the fan. We have all the fan. All the fan. Uh, you can reach us at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com. We love to hear from our fans. We'll read messages to you, another fan or another listener that you want to reach out to. If you have a, hey, let's face it, really stupid theory about this show, mm. we'd love to hear it. We'll read that yeah. on air, too. We'll run yes. it past Curtis, see what he thinks. Bring it. Uh, yeah. And Curtis, uh, how else can folks help us out? Yeah, guys, if you want to, go ahead and subscribe to Long Days of Our Lives on your podcast app of choice, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Addict, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, please subscribe to our show uh, as well as from the low places. Um, when you do that, go ahead and like and leave a review for that um, so we can move up the charts and that way we can become a podcast juggernaut and continue to bring you guys this stuff for free. Um, but otherwise, uh, Michael, how can the folks reach us on the good old social medias? Yeah, you can find us at LDuelCast, L-D-O-O-L-Cast on Twitter. Um, please follow us there, and uh, you can also send us your fan theories or your thoughts, or if you want us to do a shout-out there. Um, also, when you see us post about the new shows, uh, please retweet it. Um you know, or give us a comment on it. Tell us how we're doing. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook uh, by searching Longest Days of Our Lives. Um, and please follow our page there. And, uh, you know, give us give us those, those sweet shares with all of your friends. Um, and we appreciate everyone who's been doing that. And, uh, you know, check out the blog. Kush uh, assures me that there will be posts. And if not, I, I'll post something, even if it's just like, yo. Hey, don't. Hey, hey, can I say this? <laughs> don't you fuck. Hey, I don't even. What are you? Oh, huh? <laughs> You're going to come at. Hey, my butt, you can lick it. Eat shit, man, dude. Triggered, bro? <laughs> Thou doth like protest too much. <laughs> Maybe. Well, fellas, it's been lovely speaking with you, uh, but I hate to tell you, we are running out of time. Toodles. Where Wallace at, String? Huh? <laughs> Was that from uh, the Twenty Wire? <laughs> wire Four. <laughs> pretty. I made it pretty. Pretty obvious.